Hey everybody, and welcome to the Necromaniacs Podcast, episode 99. That means the next episode will be Big 100, and I'm hoping to have my buddy Mike Scandato back, because he was on episode 1, so it makes sense that he would be on episode 100 to commemorate the 100th episode of this podcast. Tonight's guest is Kristen Corvette. She runs the Sluttest website, and she's also a prolific author. She's got a lot of cool news tonight about her writing and an upcoming event uh, this weekend at uh, St. Vitus here in Brooklyn, New York. Along with Kristen is Charlie Schmidt, the uh, drummer for Tombs, and uh, coincidentally, that's her husband or slash light partner or whatever you want to call it. I'd like to thank everybody who has joined the crowdfunding uh, operation I got going on. Um, so yeah, a bunch of people signed up and pledged some cash, which uh, means a lot to me. It means they believe in this podcast and uh, they're willing to uh, donate some money. And I really appreciate that. So if you guys want to get in touch with me, uh, unfortunately, the way uh, the podcasting crowdfunding thing works, I just have your email addresses. So if you guys want to hit me with your actual names, I can thank you all individually by name. And uh, that's something I'd really like to do. So if you're listening, hit me up via email with your full name, and I'd like to give you props on the air here. Before we get started, I just want to shout out uh, our affiliate sponsors, Onnit and Datsusara Bags, both of which I use every single day. I use Onnit supplements, and I use a Datsusara bag to carry all my shit with me throughout the city from all the various places I have to go to every day. You'll see me traversing the land with a Datsusara bag. This podcast, as well as every podcast, is brought to you by Savage Gold Coffee. You can buy some coffee at savagegoldcoffee.com. Uh, the brand new limited Dark Deceiver blend is still available, so pick up a pound while you can before it's all sold out. You can follow me at Mike Hill HQ. You can like this podcast at Everything Went Black on Facebook. And uh, please feel free to subscribe via iTunes and uh, you know leave a review. It actually helps in the overall rankings of everything. And uh, that would be much appreciated. So far, everyone's given us pretty good reviews. So, um, yeah, I'd appreciate that. Also, feel free to hit me up via email. And that's mike.hill at everythingwentblackmedia.com. Um, I check that email regularly, so if you got any questions or comments or whatever, please send it to me there, or you can send me a Facebook message, or they're you know tweeting or whatever social media outlets there are these days. You can reach me. So, Kristen, um, a couple of interesting things have happened recently. Uh, you made this big announcement on Facebook that you have a publishing deal now. Yes, I do. Very excited to write a book that I'm going to keep a little secret, but it's basically going to be the legacy of the witch as she pertains to female power and feminism, but pretty salacious, definitely sex heavy. Okay. I, wouldn't, I would expect nothing less, actually. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
So, I mean, is there, uh, can you talk about any of the details, like who's being published by? Yes, and like definitely. That? It's a new publisher that not a lot of people have heard of, but I'm really excited to be working with them. They're called 3L Media, and they only have a couple books out, but the most recent one that's pretty awesome is called Coming Out Like a Porn Star. Okay. And it's by Jiz Lee, who's an Jiz awesome- Jiz Lee. Yes, awesome okay. porn performer. And it has the stories, the first-person narratives of a lot of different performers from um, Stoya to Joanna Angel, Buck Angel, a lot of different um, names that we know and love. And they sort of talk about their experiences coming out like a porn star. So that one's been doing really well, and I'm excited to sort of be in that group. So, cool. Yeah. How did you connect with them? Like just from your own writing on Sluttist? Or... It, yeah, it happened through Sluttist. This amazing woman, Tina Horn. She is a feminist pornographer, award winning. She's won some feminist porn awards and also a great writer and um, a former Dom and just a Jill of all trades. And she um, contacted me about doing some coverage for Sluttist. And I met her and we were chatting and doing an interview about her work and then suddenly she just said hey what what else are you doing and I told her I have this class at the new school where I talk about sex and feminism and the witch and whoa that cat <laughs> Loki's having Notes a moment yourself. do not touch tail <laughs> so oh, Charlie's gonna now, enjoy man. the familiar yeah, while we <laughs> yeah Loki's an interesting creature okay. cat break um, so yeah, I, I told her about the class I teach called Legacy of the Witch at the new school, um, which I taught last fall and I'm teaching again this upcoming fall. And she seemed interested and said, Hey, what about a book based on that? And I said, no, I'm not going to write a book till I'm 40 or something. I don't know. Cause I just thought you can't write a book till you're 40. I don't know. So wait, you're like, well, like, like, like 33, you're like 21 now. Aren't you? <laughs> That's a, you got a long time to go. Yeah. I got 20 years. Yeah, you know. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> this class at the new school. Now, I'm just trying to set set a stage yeah. here for what's going on. So what is that exactly? Like, what, what do you talk about in your class? So we do everything from reading, uh, let's say, some trial transcripts from the Salem Witch Trials or some excerpts from the Malleus Maleficarum, which detailed sort of all the the naughty doings of witches in the 15th century. Like, they would be, you know... Uh, stealing penises and putting them in boxes and then the penises would eat oats and corn and hang out together weird stuff like that and then we'll watch uh the craft or you know an excerpt from american horror story coven and Mm. but we'll take like a really different approach than just you know watching it in a comfortable way there's like a lot of analysis and a lot of discussion about race and class and gender and we sort of just dissect things and then maybe make them less fun than they were before because they find out a lot of the stuff they love maybe is kind of problematic or, you know, promotes a negative view of the woman through the lens of the witch. Or do, you, do you find that most, is it mostly women that take the class or there's some men or what's the breakdown basically? Um, yeah, uh, I had two guys and um, one genderqueer person who identified as he and they so but mostly like cis female students um they're all freshmen right and i think that's great because they're just coming to this liberal arts school and suddenly 
here you go. <laughs> now, do they do they come into the class with like any understanding of the occult, or they're just doing it as like a fun elective? Or some of them are that. Some of them like couldn't find another class to take, so they had to just throw it in. Yeah. And some of them are practicing Wiccans or into Aleister Crowley or something right. like that. So it really like runs the gamut. Some of them have no idea what the witch is about, except for like. The Wicked Witch of the West or something. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So sort of the uh, the slant that it's just like a sort of patriarchal, oppressive, you know, sort of trip might be something new to them. Yeah, because they're not used to thinking that the ways the witch is portrayed, you know, are sort of getting at the societal um fears and male fears about female sexuality the aging woman you know we got a lot of crones and hags that are really scary because what's scarier than a woman you can't have sex with and can't like have your children like what use is she you know and she has knowledge because she stuck around and made it so she can tell other people things you know and then um uh yeah the mother also the maiden mother and crone you know all of those are scary for uh patriarchal society so a lot of the depictions are created by men you know but then obviously there's women who have reclaimed these and uh put their own spin on them so we teach both in the class yeah i always found it interesting that uh you know christianity like judea the the judeo-christian world really is about control and sort of subjugating like the feminine yeah and a lot of people don't understand that prior to that you know, most societies were actually run by women. You know, a lot of societies were, you know. And you have these sort of archetypal mother goddesses that yeah. are you know, life mythology. givers. Yeah, and death yeah. givers. And that's so prominent. And then you have these three, I mean, you can add Islam too, the three monotheistic religions come in. Mm-hmm. And then it's all centered around some dude in the sky. Yeah. And then where's the female power in any of those, I mean, religions here? <laughs> when, uh, when, Charlie, who's also sitting here, and I were in uh, were in Denmark last summer. We discovered that mostly women ran Denmark. Yeah, is that correct? That was interesting. I they, thought they ran the uh, the Roskilde Festival. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Anyone that was making like a real decision or running anything was a woman. Yeah. Really? And the, o- the men were only guys who drove the van around and like you helped you carry stuff here and there. Are you serious? I'm 100 percent certain serious yeah. about that. That's yeah. pretty unique because I think also like festivals and booking that's mostly a male dominated field, right? I mean, Everywhere else, but I guess Denmark. I wow. Guess, yeah. <laughs> that is all- yeah. well. You know, Scandinavia has one of the you know best situations for for female living so that makes sense really? yeah, yeah. What, what's the deal in, Den- in scandinavia i mean that? in general i think it's just highest rates of you know access to birth control and sex education and equality in the workplace and women in positions of political power so they always yeah. rank the top yeah so wow that's really cool <laughs> yeah. it's like vikings were the whole the whole tribes were run by women i mean they stayed. They they kind of ran the, the camps. They ran everything. I and mean, then, the men would go out and you know stake their claim, but when they came home, like the women were running the village the entire time, and they kind of stayed that way. You know, I kind of think that like there's definitely certain things that women are better at doing in the society than men are, and vice versa. Like I think that like like that whole stability thing and composure is like. <laughs> better when a woman a woman i think is like manning the helm there mm. you know what i mean 
yeah. than like when a, when a, a guy will like smash things, <laughs> and crush and destroy and kill and <laughs> yeah, you know. And I think that that's like uh, that tendency for you know the sort of matri- patriarchal world to be like a warlike society. I think is uh, you know if you need someone to go out and like you know sub you know conquer like another land like maybe that's what the the men in these danish uh societies were doing you know right and women were just kind of making sure everything was getting getting done the right way right yeah i mean i think there's always exceptions to those rules but for the most part those generalizations seem to be true i mean that whole thing everyone says though it's hard to know when they say, oh, if one was in power, do you think, you know, you'd go to war as much? Well, you have, like, Margaret Thatcher and, like, what we think Hillary would probably be like. And it's like, uh, but you're, it's still a patriarchal system. So maybe. Well, that's what I was going to say is that, like, they're, they're probably, I think, in those cases, they're, they're still trying to, like, operate within this, this structure that's created by men. Yeah, that's true. You know, I don't think that that's, like, maybe their true nature. I think that even men's true nature isn't really that. Yeah. I think that if there that men would would respond and react differently if they were in a different society. Absolutely, I think it's really sad how like American men in particular aren't allowed to have such a breadth of feelings and emotions, yeah. you know. Or you're accused of being gay, which is the worst thing you can be accused of because it equals feminine, which equals weak. So even like homophobia is really just a hatred of women in a sense, you know. Wow, I never looked at it that way. I mean, that's how I have seen it put. I mean. Huh. I don't know. I think that's a major factor. Yeah, I mean, it can certainly translate into that, especially with, you know, I mean, it's even when I, like, put that sexy picture up on Facebook, the responses from, like, yeah. the guys who go, I grew up with on Long Island were like, like, ha, 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 like, whoa, dude, are you gay now? Like, you know, just... just oh, the one of, for, is that the one that you guys had, you had on Instagram yeah. for his, uh, you got the, what your, your, your solo project? Yeah, what, it's just done? because it's, you know, I look somewhat provocative in a sexual way, but it's, you know, you see how it strikes a chord with people. Like, you're trying to look sexy? That yeah. doesn't matter with you. Fuck it, man. You're a sexy you know? guy. Dude. I know. You know, so, no matter what, let you it got be free. to strut. <laughs> <laughs> whip it out. Not only on Wednesday. Forget about whip Wait, it out Wednesday. Whip it out not, all days. That's yeah. not a thing. Whip it out It Wednesday. used to be. Yeah. Absolutely it was. Back when I worked construction, yep. it was whip it out Wednesday almost every day. Okay, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm hanging a beam here. You, you mean? Like, <laughs> well, they, yeah. They used to have like people would you, if you're driving on like the Long Island Expressway, or the Jersey Turnpike, or something like that, you know, 684. Mm-hmm. You would see people with "Wow" on the back of their in duct tape or something or electrical yeah. tape, and then that meant "Whip It Out Wednesday." Yeah. And so is it to other men, or are you like harassing well, women with it your was penis? Supposed to be for boobies. Yeah. Wait, you show them your dick, and then they show. Oh no, just for boobies. No, it's just for boobies. Oh, there's no. Wieners involved. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I made it I about wieners. I was, I, was pull, I was laying pipe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Showing hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was Hanging brain? Yeah, I was hanging brain. Parking lots, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it must be hard. I mean, yes, it's really super hard, especially for certain groups of women in the country. But at the same time, I feel like it is oppressive for men to live under patriarchy too which is why i think like feminism is helpful for all genders because it's about deconstructing all these narratives that we're all controlled by because we're just enculturated and socialized to think that way you know right well i mean you know being a man i do know that it is uh it's hard to get in touch with your emotions with maybe the way i grew up i think that things are changing for sure 
but uh you know like my, my, my dad is like a stoic you know yeah kind of like irish american you know guy who doesn't show really any emotion like it's like my dad my dad's kind of like um you know the fun loving guy but when there's actual emotions involved is when he kind of shuts down and it's yeah. hard to like you know get any kind of feedback out of him you know yeah. so uh you know that generation of people um they they just keep everything inside you know and as a result you know they beat their wives and like fucking are <laughs> yeah. alcoholics and stuff and hate their jobs and never really you know gain happiness in in life and i think that that's changing but i'm still very me personally i grew up very much within the in the under the yoke of that expression you know or lack of expression really yeah i mean do you feel like being a musician or an artist of some kind like helps you as a man express yourself better yeah but it's um that's like the only way though really in some (laughs) ways it's like you know getting into music and and writing and uh creative expression was like sort of like the qualifier you know and um you know, but if I was like talking about my feelings, it's like, you know, sort of like still a, a very um, uncomfortable situation. Because I still like if I would, I still am very hard to talk to about my emotions. Mm-hmm. So like the only way to really do that is through creative expression. Because then you could be like, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm being creative and yeah, you know. But it's hard to talk about your emotions in this society as a man. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Charlie? Well, you know, it's uh, there. There aren't many outlets for men to express their emotions. You know. Yeah. Uh, Except for with fists. <laughs> well, I mean, even in you know, in a uh, sort of uh, just in a, a conversational setting. Oh yeah. To talk about things that you might feel one way or another. Actually, there's a what's that place that's uh, by Little Skips that they host those. Oh, Tarot Society. Yeah, the Tarot Society actually has a, like a men's meeting. Really. Where it's like you can go and like discuss problems or things that you're kind of you know going through which is interesting i mean you know because much i think women do that much the same but you know for men it's not well, really what's this tarot society is it a place or what is it yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really awesome place that puts on all kinds of music art and uh, performances and they have a lot of different talks about uh, occult practices spirituality um actually one of the owners or the owner i guess they co-run it darcy um mm-hmm. leonard is going to be reading tarot at my festival oh next great weekend. we're coming so. up to that too that's coming like days away from Segway. now way yeah. yeah so i definitely recommend people checking them out it's they have an insane amount of stuff going on every single week i don't know how they do it but can you can you go there is it is it like a similar shop to like enchantments or something like that where you can buy things there no or? it's not i mean they do have uh, vendors that would set up but it's not like a huge backlog of stuff oh, like cool. in cabinets it kind of like shifts around uh every time i've only been there a couple times but from what i've noticed there's been some really cool stuff i went to a goddess group once we talked about similar you know feminine issues mm-hmm. uh femininity being a lady sexual harassment rape uh you know the the fun usual stuff that you talk about so so you go to as, as it's a participatory thing where you go and you go there for an activity you can do that, and sometimes there are just talks that you just oh, listen. That's great. So. That's really cool. Yeah, is it, it's, it's, is it in Brooklyn? Yeah, it's in Bushwick, like um, on St. Charles Place or something. It's yeah, this it's tiny basically... street right oh, okay. by Little Skips. Yeah, I don't on, even I don't know where Little Skips is either. So on Myrtle and uh, basically Bushwick Avenue. It's like, it's like a block past that... um, Myrtle and 
right. Bushwick. Yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I never knew about it. It's a really, really interesting place. Yeah. It's uh, it's small, so when they have events, you gotta like jump on it and get tickets because I think maybe it only holds like maybe twenty people. I don't know. I'm not sure the max, but people, yeah. So, but they're awesome. Yeah, they're totally awesome. A lot of cool events. There's um, it's funny we we're talking about men expressing themselves, and one of my favorite movies happens to be uh, Fight Club. Oh yeah. Okay? Now. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, you look at it on the surface and it's, you know, a bunch of dudes in a basement beating the hell out of each other. But there is a statement to be made about men expressing themselves in that film. And uh, one of the things where they have the men's support group mm. where these guys get together and talk about, this is before the Fight Club thing starts. Yeah. You know, where some guys like divorced or whatever and they, they're really expressing themselves and this whole thing of men hugging each other and comforting each other, which is like, you know, an odd sort of thing initially to think about in a movie about fighting but the movie isn't really about fighting honestly you know it is very much about men wanting to belong and being able to express their emotions you know and um i like the movie better i like the book like i'm actually not a big chuck palinuk fan i never read the book actually yeah i've I've read a bunch of his work and Mm -hmm. i'm not a fan per se i like his ideas Mm -hmm. but i thought the movie was a little bit more um what I kind of needed as like, uh, you know, as a, just something that was a little more resonate, resonated with me a little bit more than the book did. Yeah. You know, so I mean, there's, it's interesting though, that the, the expression of emotion is also couched within this like violent activity though. It's almost like to express yourself in a vulnerable way has to be counterbalanced with <laughs> violence and extreme, you know, activity. I guess that would be the first step, right? Yeah. Because then it's okay, right? Yeah. And then the next step maybe would be, but I don't know if there's any, anything inherently wrong with violence if it's consensual, because it's consensual fighting. Yeah. It's not like you're attacking someone who doesn't no. want to fight, so that's great. Yeah. I mean, go for it. But there's actually a segment in that movie where some, you're supposed to pick a fight with somebody and lose. Oh, right. Which is I like, totally right. forgot that. So yeah. interesting. You know? I've watched this movie many times. <laughs> I haven't like, seen it in years, but I, right. I and, love uh, the meatloaf in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's great. But uh, a lot of, the, like, losing a fight is, is about dissolving the ego, man, you know? And that's kind of, like, really what the movie is about. Mm-hmm. It's about dissolving, like, that sort of masculine ego. Yeah. And going through different phases and, like, metamorphosing into something else that can actually express these emotions. Yeah, that's what I always really respected about Charlie is that, like... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes he'll say things like, I want to get in a fight with that guy. I don't care if I lose. Yeah. Like, you've just, you just don't seem afraid of losing a fight. And you've talked about fights you've had that you lost. Oh, yeah. Many a time. And it's like not shame. Fake. Is that from a fight? I thought that was a skateboard. A little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been honest. You don't want to see me on a fucking skateboard. Yeah, me neither. I'm not a but good skateboarder. I can kind of surf. Like, okay, and if I practiced it, I'd be better, but forget about it. Like, you put me on a skateboard, you're going to see two broken wrists. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think there's, uh, well, I mean, well, then there's there's testosterone at play, too. Yeah. When you talk about what kind of archetype you are. Like, I'm technically, I guess, like a textbook hothead. Yes. But in a good way, you know? <laughs> I guess this Sometimes you depends. Just, so, it's like, you know, like two dogs. Sometimes you just look at a guy and you're like, I want to just... I want to fight that guy. I don't know what it yeah. is about him. Oh, I know. Like, you just take a look at him. You're like, you know what? Yeah. I wouldn't even care if I lost. <laughs> Guy's just laying into me. I'm going to beg him to stop. But, you know, at the end, it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's an impulse I just 
cannot relate to, but I just have to understand it from afar. The way you can't understand like sexual harassment. Oh, actually, never mind. You can. But wait, in a- wait, what is that? What do you mean? You can't- <laughs> How can I? No, I meant you have had circumstances where people comment on your looks at work in an inappropriate way. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah, different than the sexual harassment I would receive that's like, I'm scared of being physically overpowered or raped. Right. Or... Aggressively catcalled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By right. some guy who then crosses the street and decides to follow you. Yes. Oh, and then yells, your you're a stupid cunt or... Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's something we haven't been, never had to deal no. with too much. That's a guy with uh, too much time on his hands, you know? I I cannot understand what would get in your head. <laughs> but uh but you know that is testosterone though and that's that is something the same way I guess like the lack of testosterone is something that men can't necessarily like understand. Right. That women maybe can't really understand that testosterone running through the male bloodstream, you know. Yeah, I think like some um friends who transitioned to male who are trans yeah. men I've heard some stories about, oh my God, when I got on testosterone, it changed so many things. Like I was like way hornier and I just was angry and just like nasty. And so there's something to be said for that, you know? Yeah. Well, there's also something to be said about having too much. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of a drag too, you know? But I think like in an earlier society though, um, you know, there was activities that required you to have that level. And that in our modern society, people don't necessarily have those activities or similar activities to engage in. So that's why there's all this, you know, aggression, I think. Yeah. You know, like sort of directionless, random acts of aggression that you see around you, especially living in a city. Yeah. Where everyone's on top of each other with, you know, all this like built up whatever without any real outlets for it and that's why people are getting fist fights on the street and like you know people are nasty to each other and flipping right. each other off on the sub you know on the, on the streets and everything yeah i think that's that's a different kind of that's a kind of like a gnawing aggression i feel like when people are you know like if you ever ride the six train at like you know seven in the morning oh i have been on that train you see some i mean i've seen some shit go down like what well i saw a woman one time who, there was a guy who was falling asleep and he had a shopping bag. Yeah. And uh, some of his stuff was like falling and hitting her leg. And she just like took all his stuff and just threw it on the ground. And he woke up and they went at it. She was <laughs> punching him in the face and what? they were going at it. And it was probably 10 minutes these guys were going at it. And like people were breaking them up and like they kept like, I was just like one of those. I saw another time this woman was just straight up just sitting with a full cup of coffee like it's like a 20 ounce cup of coffee from 7-eleven and she just throws it no this happens on the train yeah and he got up and was like what's wrong with you like why would you throw and she was like laughing she was obviously she was probably i don't know what she was doing she may have been schizophrenic or something but wow yeah you and mentally ill mentally ill probably mentally yeah probably yeah but you know in the city when you see people making that commute you know you see a lot of agitated people yeah. in one, you know, and that's, that to me is like, I don't know. I don't really get angry that much over like little everyday things, but every now and again, it's like food truck, Texas. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sometimes you gotta, sometimes well, you gotta sort some right. folks out. The food truck scenario in Texas on the Paul Bearer tour yeah. on the night that we played with Death Heaven, which was a fun night, that's I guess. Right. Charlie wasn't, was, was provoked. I have to say. Yeah. You know, my face was touched. Yeah, and you don't do that to somebody. Actually, we talked to Morgan, my friend Morgan, who's been on this podcast a couple times from uh, yeah. 
yeah. you know, the hardcore uh, grindcore singer, Morgan, Champ Morgan. We were telling him, like, oh, yeah, some guy touched Charlie. He's like, I would have I knocked him out, man, you know? And it got diffused, the yeah. situation. But, you know, you can't go around doing that to people, you know? Touching yeah. their face and being aggressive towards them. Charlie was provoked. I'm going to say that. I, I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. I just think it's cool. And then not, like, <laughs> ten seconds later, the woman who I ordered the coconut curry chicken from told me that she ran out. And I was like, oh. fuck Austin. Let's yeah. get out of here. <laughs> Yo, that... Scenario around the food trucks was a fucking shit show, man. <laughs> yeah, like I was surprised that there wasn't only that. That was the only fight that happened that night, man. <laughs> I'm serious. It's like, you know, there's like uh, all these people. It's like a festival setting, you know, yeah. music festival. People drunk. Oh you know, yeah. You know, and uh, late night type of thing, and it's just a a, a a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I was at South by yeah. Southwest a couple like last month, and I was in this line for burgers that was like an hour long. Yeah, and people were not having it. Yeah, it oh, yeah. was they're riot, gonna riot. Yeah, it was uh, riot at the burger line. It was a really good burger. <laughs> I remember when you dropped me off before because I I stayed with you and your dad in San Antonio, and Kristen dropped me off before we we. We're even going to load in for that show. Yeah. I think you guys were at Champs, like, settling. Oh, yeah. We weren't even there yet because you were there at the venue when we showed up. So Kristen dropped me off, and I was sitting there, and, like, every, like, two minutes, somebody would come up to me and just, like, either sit down next to me on this bench and just start talking just completely, just long strains of just, like, nonsense, or they'd walk up to the fence and shout at me. <laughs> and I was like, what's with this city? And then I look across the street, and there's, you know, there was a mental health facility. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> that you may, or not have, not, may, you may or may not have known I was that. like, don't judge the whole yeah. city from, like, the worst block you could have been on. It's a beautiful city, actually. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, but South by Southwest, man, is bad, bad news as far as, like, just way too many people in yeah. like a very small, too small area. Yeah, I agree. But I saw Iggy Pop, and it was like the greatest show of my life. So it was all worth it. Saw so Iggy Pop last week. How was it? Amazing. Oh, how good is the new record? Oh, I love it. Oh. It reminds me of the Idiot. It's yeah. like it's like uh, the Bowie era. Yes. Iggy. And um, the thing about it, the thing I didn't like about it, and this is where I'm going to probably get a lot of hate, is I don't like the uh, I didn't like the the guys in the band really. Oh, okay. There's only one dude in the band. Well, there was a guy who looked like Andy Taylor that was playing keyboards. Uh-huh. That guy was cool. All right. Okay. The drummer was, was solid. He's from Arctic, Arctic Monkeys, I think. Uh, that, that's, I wish you hadn't told me that. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, uh, but the, other, the guys from Queens of the Stone Age, there was only one guy or two guys from that band. Yeah, Josh Hom, right? He was too... Uh, no one's there to see him. They're there to see Iggy, man. You know? Oh, you showboating? Yeah, I didn't like the way he moved. and I don't know. I didn't notice that. I was just so obsessed with looking at Iggy, so I I couldn't have. uh, And the worst part when I saw that show is I went to get a water, and on my way back, he jumped right to where I was standing in the crowd and walked like back on stage. And I was like, I could have touched Iggy Pop, but I didn't. Uh." Guys, he's shredded, and he's like 70-something years old, man. He looks great. It's amazing. And he was like, come up here and fuck me. And the the show I saw, it was like, yeah, it was so good. And it was all the industry people, too, because it was South by Southwest, you know. Oh, cool. I mean, I'm sure at a show in New York, people were a little more, like, crazy. I was like, come on, audience. Some of the audience was not, like... They were too cool, you know, because it was like you had to have a, you know, your fancy pass to get in to see the show. Right, right. So I was like, are you guys like just too cool for this? Like, come on, this is this is the greatest living 
Legend. The yeah. show is like way the fuck up in Washington Heights. Oh, really? It was like way, like 175th Street. Whoa, yeah. what venue was up there? Some, I don't know the name of the place. Oh, wow. Like some fucking, it was a beautiful venue though. Mm. It, it looked like an, one of those old school like movie theaters. Oh. Where like, um, you know, everyone used to go back in the day to see like old movies, mm-hmm. you know? And it had beautiful interiors and this vaulted ceiling and it sounded pretty good in there. But uh, it was all white people, which I thought was funny. Huh. You know, you think in New York, there'd be some diversity at the show, right? Yeah. And I, I normally don't give a fuck, like, who's there. But I just was like, man, there's, like, some white motherfuckers here. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There's no, you know, I, I was surprised by that. But mm. it was great, though. I had a fun time. Yeah. I wish I could have gone. I couldn't afford a, a second round. They were not cheap. They were very expensive. Yeah. yeah. What? How much were they? I don't know. I mean, like, over 50 Oh, okay. They were close. They were like a hundred dollar tickets, man. Hundred dollars. Like really bad ones were like seventy, I think. Not yeah. bad, but you know what I mean. And the you want to be upfront, man. Yeah, of course, yeah. And it was seated, right? Yep. So if it's seated, then you're just you know. Right. But you know, I, I got a sprained ankle, so I'm sitting oh. there, and I'm like, oh, cool, I can sit down. Oh, but then. But then everyone stood up. <laughs> like motherfuckers, man. I'm fucking injured over here, man. Can't you guys just, like sit down so I can fucking see the show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, no one cared. <laughs> It's like when we went to see L.A. Guns with the Troubadour. I had, oh, like, suffered a knee injury, like, ten days before and, like, couldn't stand. And there is literally... They must have combed that place over to make sure there's no place to sit for anyone. Yeah. Unless you reserve a table. Yeah, unless That's you're like a VIP. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like, the L.A. thing is, like, to reserve a table <laughs> and, like, get drinks. To, it's like bottle service. So my Kanye like, West at shit. a rock club. Yeah. But it's like it's a crappy like, old club, so yeah. you're not... It, it, it's so weird to me. Like, no one can sit down unless you reserve a table. <laughs> yeah. Like, Even, like, the booths where people have reserved them but don't show up, you're not allowed to They're just them. empty. Just in case they show up. Yeah. Know? It's like... LA is an interesting town. Yeah. I like... I actually like LA. I do, too. I, I love think it's LA. fun. Like, I, I have a lot of friends that live there. And, like, you know, I know, like, New York always fronts on LA about people aren't real. Yeah. But people aren't real here, either. No. And what's They're... real, anyway? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Right, yeah. Uh, like I, I have some real friends there, and I think that's a cool place to hang out, and it's beautiful weather every day. Yeah, I don't know why anyone would diss on that part about L.A. And uh, even if someone's being fake to me, mm-hmm. at least you're being polite, which I can't say that, that they are in this city. is the best part about California. I just, like, you go to get, like, a Starbucks, and the people are, like, glowing with niceness. Yeah. <laughs> they just finish their yoga class, and, you know, they're just, like, chilling and relaxed. Right. You know? What was that? When were you were practicing at that studio? <laughs> Actually, this is a funny story. When when uh, the, the that Paul Bearer tour came up that you asked me to do. Um, Before you were an official member of the band. That's yeah. right, yeah. Trial that's, tour. That's wow, there was, was no the, trial, I'm just really. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's like, he showed up and he breathed. We were, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I was like renting a studio, like a rehearsal space there. Yeah. For, um, you know, like a few hours a day. And uh, the people that ran it were super laid back. They were great. They were really nice. And I rented cymbals from them because, you know, I wasn't traveling with cymbals. Yeah. We were there for, like, family stuff, whatever. And uh, it came to the end of it. At the end of my time there, I had rented for 10 days or 12 days. And I was like, we have to settle up for these cymbals. And they were like, oh, yeah, no problem. So they tried to run my card, and it didn't go through. And they were like, oh, I guess our, you know, Verifone is down or whatever. Yeah. So they were like, uh, just call us back with the numbers. I called like 
four times, even twice when I got back to New York. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, the card machine's still down. I'm like, well, how about I like mail you a check or PayPal you? Yeah. Chase PayPal, Quick Pay. Yep. And they were like, yeah, just call back. And I just, you know, <laughs> I just forgot eventually. And they just, it just didn't seem to care. They were so chill. They just didn't care about money. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I don't recommend running a business that way, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's cool to know that people aren't like got their hand in your pocket. Like every move, you know, every move you make, there's someone with a, their hand in their pocket. You know? Yeah. Right, right, right. You know what happened to me last week? I, you know, I had to borrow my parents' car. Okay. Uh-huh. Because, you know, my van, there was some stuff I needed done. So it was tied up for a few days and I parked the car in, in what I thought was a legitimate spot. You know, there's no signs. There's nothing. There's like a little white outline of where you actually can park. Turns out that I got a $115 ticket. <gasps> and it was saying that it's like, you're, you know, parking in a no standing zone. And there's not a single oh sign that says God. no standing. So I, when I went out there, I took all these photos and the shop owner came out. And he's like, oh, what happened? You get a ticket? I'm like, yes, I did. He's like, every day I see them write a ticket to somebody for like, you know, multiple times a day for parking here. Because, you know, now in New York, they have this, it, it's not like there's a meter next to the space. Yeah. They have these meters where you put your card in and they give you a little receipt and you put it in the front window on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think, that, that's what I mean. Like living here, everyone, you're, you're like being preyed upon by these money-grubbing people. You know, the city itself is like against you somehow. And there's like a really adversarial vibe here, I think, with like, the city and like you know this whole trip here you know there's like everything's expensive and they're just finding more ways to like pull more money out of your pockets mm. yeah i mean california does have a more like helpful state as far as i know especially yeah. like city of san francisco or i think even la like as far as the programs they offer for people i think they far outweigh what we get but i think they're also going broke over there so yeah, i don't know yeah, yeah. There, there's more i mean they believe me they have issues too, yeah but yeah you know i'm not trying to say that it's like the, the answer to all my no. woes but but the um you know it's funny like this last time we were in la I, I went to the rainbow bar and grill for the very first time nice that is my favorite place in the world maybe yeah i went there the day lemmy died really it happened to be my birthday. <laughs> oh, wow. And Damn. I had made a reservation, and that was, of course, his favorite place that he yeah. basically, like, lived, yeah. you know. And um, randomly I made a res- reservation on a Monday because it's my birthday, and I wanted to have a table, you know. And then I show up, and there was, like, a four-hour wait because everybody wanted to get there to celebrate and honor Lemmy. So mm-hmm. it was uh, – Charlie was there. Yeah. Travis was there. We rented a table. Because that's we what did. you do when you're in LA. We did. You rent tables. We rented a table. It was it was fantastic. Who did you see again? You saw some guy from Death Heaven? Yeah. The, the day that you guys were there? Yeah. yeah. He was oh. probably there to honor Lemmy, too. I see him there, actually, it. all the time. I doubt that he was. I doubt <laughs> he knows who Lemmy is. <laughs> that's amazing. Who else did we see? We saw Ron Jeremy. Ron yeah. Jeremy was there when I was uh, with you. A he's staple he of He's the there almost like Rainbow every community. time. Dude, he yeah. looked fucking shot. Yeah, he, he kept... showed up at like three o'clock in the morning. He had like a pair of sweatpants on. Yeah, oh yeah. And he was just like, he looked fucked up, man. And you know, he's got like some wicked trouser snake going on. Oh yeah, it's probably semi hard, you know, yeah. like rolling up in there. It's all he can wear is sweatpants. Right? <laughs> Can't yeah, that thing into a pair of jeans. That must be uncomfortable. 
He's super sweet. I met him once and just said, can I take a picture? And he was like, you're cute. And I said, yay, Ron Jeremy. He kept Jeremy. looking at you during during your birthday. And I was like, oh, man, if Ron Jeremy comes over here, I'm not going to know what to say to him. It's going to be weird. It's going to be like, hey, The Devil and Miss Jones 2 was awesome. I don't know. I've never, I never saw You know what? Actually, I, I can't say that I've ever even seen any of his work. You know that they call him the Hedgehog? That was his nickname. Why? I don't know. Because he, he was like, like a furry and small. And hedgehogs <laughs> have like 12-inch penises. Yeah. Haven't you ever seen <laughs> a, hedgehog a hedgehog well dick? <laughs> He's a native New Yorker. He's uh, from Queens or something like that. Oh, I is think. he? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was like an accountant, I believe, before he went out to his try, you know, apply his trade as a pornographer or a no porno kidding. star or whatever. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. I wow. used to learn more about Ron Jeremy. <laughs> really interesting. You could find a lot of books about Ron Jeremy at your local library. I bet I could. Thanks. <laughs> Reading is fundamental. <laughs> Sorry. So, in a few days, you have another event coming up. I do. That's related to this whole, you know, process you have going on. So yes. What's this, uh, this upcoming event? It is Legacy of the Witch 2. I came on here last year to talk about the first one. And it is an evening of music visual art, performance art, burlesque, vendors, tarot readers, and general witchy awesomeness. Uh, Wax Idols are headlining, and Void Vision and Sabbath Assembly are also playing. And uh, very excited. Last year went so well that I'm a little scared. I have like the sophomore album mm, mm-hmm. fear. Well, use your illusion. <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, right. you know, like appetite for yeah, destruction. Right. Even <laughs> though I, I do love use your illusion its own way. So I'm, you know, every year is different. I'm super excited. I just hope people come and have a good time. Um, got some really interesting acts. There's going to be a flesh pull. We couldn't do a whole suspension. Rig. What the hell is that? So uh, <laughs> Gretchen Heinel and Luna Duran are going to do this thing where they do like surface piercings on okay. different parts of their body and then connect, they're connected through ropes. Wow. So then they do this dance with the, Ugh. you know, flesh pole and there will be blood and uh, wow. it'll be beautiful. That sounds intense, yeah. man. Yeah. Wow. It's going to be a fantastic uh, part of the evening. That's where they suspend from the rings. In no, the no, back. they're not doing suspension. Oh, they're not doing because suspension. that would require rigging in bitus, and we're not doing that. So this is just from each other. Oh, so they're hooked into each other. I wonder if you 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 get a really heavy influx of endorphins. Yeah, that. that's like, why people you do it. Get like high from it, even. Yeah, so I often wondered like if you have a near death experience sometimes from the suspension stuff. You know, and like when you have a lot of times, you know, obviously people have these near death experiences. They your body thinks it's dying and that mm-hmm. your your pineal gland opens up and jacks DMT in your bloodstream and then you see the light and experience, you know, conversations with uh, deities and entities and stuff. See, so that's why, like, Michael Hutchins was... <laughs> I think he was just jerking off, right? <laughs> no, but, like, does that happen, too, with asphyxiation? Like... Do you get to that point where you're almost about to die and then you get that rush? It must, right? I think so. I don't I, know. I never tried. I, <laughs> so. I, I don't know, right? We'd I, have to go back to when I was 13 and ask. Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is that maybe? a uniquely male thing? I don't know. You, yeah, I mean, you probably more know, qualified man. to answer that question. I, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I would I've, assume. I haven't heard a lot about female autoerotic asphyxiators. Right. So that seems like something I should look into. Maybe you can incorporate that in the text. <laughs> yeah, that you're into my text. Yeah. yeah. Sure. 
All right, so this this um the event, where is it at and what day is it, it on? It is St. Vitus, our favorite local venue, April 23rd. Show starts at 7. It'll go all the way until karaoke at 12:30ish. Oh man, they're they're man. Okay. <laughs> you know, you would think I get it, but you would think that on a, on a special night like that, that they might forego the karaoke. Well, I didn't like ask not to. I, I made it just end in time that if people want to come, I just think it'd be cool if there was a crossover. If people come in to do metal karaoke and they show up and it's like, which festival? Yeah. You know, it's it's always the people that show up for karaoke are always herbs. Actually, they're always they're always, it's never because I you know we played shows yeah. and there's been karaoke afterwards. Yeah. And it's never like metal fans. It's always like these weirdo normal people that show up. And are just going, hey man, you know they're doing like Motley Crue, you know. And it's like, mm-hmm. and it's never, it's never like people who are into music that go to those things. I mean, I'm sure I'm an exception since I do love to go and sing L.A. Guns, especially when George is there. But yes, I just probably not the coolest of the cool. <laughs> I, I tend, to, I don't agree. I, I think you're one of the, you're one of the cool people for oh, sure. Well. You know, but but like the, uh, you know, at least the times that there's been like that overlap. I've noticed it's like, you know, these like kind of basic people showing up. <laughs> basic bitches. Yeah. <laughs> basic bitches. That's awesome. Well, I am hoping that, you know, whoever comes, maybe comes a little early and checks out Wax Idols as they finish because they're an awesome band. What are they? What are they all about? I've never heard of them. Wax Idols is the project of heather fortune who has written for sluttist a lot and has had this sort of post-punk pop project for years um the new record is is gorgeous actually um they played at acheron the last time there no 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 halloween at vitus right uh yeah oh yeah. wait man actually you know what i think i saw that. yeah yeah and that was like the one of the most memorable things of the night is that that lady who's got the bald head? That... Oh no, that was the other. That was the opening band for them. That was yeah. them are us too. That oh, was, they're that a great band, band too. It was amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That band I really dug. They're really fantastic. Very like, I mean, it's cliche because everyone calls them Cocteau Twins esque, but they are. Yeah, in some way for it's sure. Not, it's not a critique. That's or they, awesome. they also remind that band. That band Lycia. Have you heard them? Oh yeah, Lycia. For they sure. have they have like a, a vibe similar to them, I think too. Yeah, yeah. Who have a Cocteau Twins sort of vibe, you know? Yeah. So are these all these bands local like New York bands? No, uh, Wax Idols is was San Francisco for a long time, then was LA, so that's a fly-in. Uh, Sabbath Assembly is mostly here, but then um, singer Jamie lives in Texas. Then Void Vision is Philly, so oh, okay. actually <laughs> that's from all over. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone else is pretty much local burlesque performers. There's going to be some. Performance art stuff and some photography up in the beginning by Gretchen Heinel, some suspension photography and a whole series based on menstruation because why not? Sure. Fuck yeah, blood. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope people, you know, uh, come out and enjoy themselves for the many, many different offerings there are. I think there's something for everyone. It's not just for women, it's not just for people into the occult or witchcraft or alternative spirituality i think anyone can show up and have an awesome time so and there's going to be a lot of nudity something hey, right. like that no yeah, no i'm definitely go going i'm yeah. definitely going <laughs> there was like full-on nudity last year i know that's not like legal but whatever my dad was there last year uh with his camera he was in the front taking a lot of bad shots 
You guys are going deep then, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Damn. A lot of bad shots? Vag. Oh, vag shots. Yeah, like, yeah. What's a, that's a bad shot. No, yeah. Nice. So, so that's cool. No parents there this year. It was super cool that my dad there, but, you know, sometimes you got to do stuff that your parents don't see. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish there would be no documentation. I know you can't do that in this day and age, but I would love to have something where like doors are closed. You can't take pictures. Like who knows what happens. You just get to describe it to your friends after who missed it. Like I miss that. Like eyes know. wide shut. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Except for a little more like inclusive, you know, Oh, I see, but I miss that kind of, you know, show that, you only can remember and tell the tale of. You have no photographic or video evidence. That's the way things, everything used to be. Like yeah. That. You know, one of the most annoying parts now, I feel, is when the band hits the stage and the cell phones go up and I'm just trying mm-hmm. to watch the fucking concert and there's like two dozen cell phones in my face because everyone's trying to hold their phone up higher yep. to get, I don't know, a picture of the band, a video, video of the band. Video, man. It's I'm, like, yeah. I get it. I, you know what? I'm even guilty of it, too. I, oh, I do that sometimes. Sneak a shot. But when the band goes on, if there could be like a no cell phone rule for like the first five minutes of a show, then people can start like taking cell phone videos and stuff because it's really intrusive. You can't see what's going on. I agree. I just want to say that. When I saw Iggy Pop, there was a no cell phone rule. That's but great. of course, there were some people still who were taking it out, but... It was... Sorry to take it out. <laughs> Whip oh, it out you Wednesday. The, you mean the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I you were... Whip it out Wednesday. Um, but yeah, I love that when you don't have that option. But I do it too. But I try to do it really quickly and like put it away. Some people just hold it up there yeah. for so long. And that's like kind of the bummer part. Yeah. What is it like from the other side of the stage? I guess you can't tell. It doesn't matter. No, you can tell. Yeah? You just see some jackass with their phone up. And, yeah, or texting or some bullshit. That like must that. be crappy to be playing a show and like you just see someone right in front, just like looking down. Yeah, there are days like that when I see that, I just wish they were a little closer. Yeah, you know, I could just like reach out and touch somebody with like yeah. my shin or something. You know, I mean, if like Axl Rose was young and like at his peak now, can you imagine what he'd be doing to people in the crowd who would be like filming him and oh, doing yeah. all that? And everyone flipped out when Jeff Tate threw that kid's cell phone like. 10 rows back. Wait, really? Yeah, it's a video of Jeff Tate from Queensryche. Takes this kid's cell phone great. and just throws it like a Frisbee. That's I, awesome. I applaud that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, watch the show. That's I know. What you're there for. Sometimes I rem- have to remind myself, like, don't take your phone out. Just enjoy it. Like, that's the best when I actually get wasted enough. It shows I forget to take pictures. Yeah. There you go. And it's like, whoa, I had a whole great night. No evidence. That's yeah. That was a good night. Wake up, phone's in the toilet. <laughs> what the hell happened? <laughs> what happened? Yes, that's how I talk. <laughs> I always think it's funny how, like, when you know, you're like, that's how you're like, that's how I talk. But how about when women, like, do the <laughs> men? It's like, do I really talk? It's like, oh, we'll see later. You know, it's like that's not how I talk. <laughs> that's great. Oh my god, there should be like one of those BuzzFeed videos of like. Men imitating women and women imitating yeah. men, like in relationships. Right. Like, do an impression of your partner or something. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That is good. <laughs> so, what kind of vendors are going to be at this event? Um, one is Cult Sisters, who um, 
I'm reminding myself of all the ones. Let me pull this up. Cult Sisters, who have amazing jewelry that I own a ton of. And um, Cousin NYC does more, like, cool occult handmade stuff. And then I'm also having Dana Glover, who has prints and, like, clothes items and patches and all kinds of cool stuff. Like, she has something maybe featuring, you know... Marie Laveau or something witch related, yeah. occult related, really cool, like cool spooky cats or spider webs or just sort of like macabre stuff, but it's, yeah. it's really awesome original stuff. And then uh, Heretical Sexts, which is a really awesome uh, publication house run by Tenebris Kate, who also writes for Sluttus. She does this column called Great Moments in Historical Sluttery, where she'll like pick a cool woman from the past who was sort of licentious or in some way and did something cool and sort of feature her so she has gonna have some of her graphic novels and comics there oh great cool and quite fond of comic books yes she has some really good ones yeah she (laughs) has this one called my dream date with a villain and it's like one where um this one oh actually dana glover who's gonna be vending there the one dana glover did is uh her date with sauron so it's oh, like what she does when she goes on a date with Sauron. It's so Super awesome. awesome. Yeah. So that'll be, and then there's going to be tarot readers and there'll be plenty to do if you don't want to like look at the awesome stuff on stage. So, <laughs> so anyone out there is in the local New York, New Jersey, tri-state area this Saturday night, if you don't have anything to do and you're interested in the occult or if you just want to go and have a good time. Yeah. Come on out, man. Absolutely. Like it's pretty easy to get to Vitus from everywhere. Totally. You know? 20 bucks. Not expensive. And and it's also a charity event. A portion of the proceeds um, will go to the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network because want to definitely, you know, uh, give back and uh, recognize that the persecution of women continues to this day in many horrible, awful ways. Um, so it's supposed to be a fun night, but we also want to, like, honor... Uh, the legacy of the witch, which is also the legacy of the persecuted woman. So, have you seen that newer, newish film called The Witch? I have. So I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I don't want to give away. No, no, it's cool. Then. I mean, you don't have to spoil it, but I mean, what was it? A thumbs up or a thumbs down? Hundred percent thumbs up. Okay. And I know people across the board were saying it was so great, and it was almost so over the top. The reviews that I was like, really? Could it be this good? I think it's a little different than what reviews are saying it is. I haven't read any reviews. So okay, so I'm not going to even get into it, but I would. No, you can get into it. Definitely. Well, I want to. I want to know. I don't care if anyone else. Well, I think. (laughs) I know some. I saw some friends who were who identify as witches, or you know alternative spiritual people who like love the witch as an archetype and as a figure and identifies witches. Um, they thought it sort of maligned the witch and fed into these patriarchal narratives about the witch as, you know, a sexual deviant and a consort of the devil. But I do know that the director, after reading a lot of interviews, um, made it that way on purpose. He wanted to show what people in the 17th century in colonial times, you know, in, in New England thought of what witches were. So right. it seems like a pretty accurate. I mean, they use texts from the time, like court documents or descriptions. Oh, wow. Okay, of, so it had a, like a a factual. Yeah, there's some historical. Element. I mean, some of it then obviously goes, you yeah. know, into the fantastical, but it's definitely worth seeing. For so sure. the the question I have for you though, was was there an actual supernatural element to it, or was it all just, um, you know, sort of 
factual. Oh, you mean, do you want me to tell you? I'm fucking asking you this. Okay. <laughs> fucking, like, I just want to make sure. Yes, absolutely. There's real. Did she right. fucking float? Like, what's what? the deal? <laughs> like, no, there's some for real. All right, cool. Devil shit. So, so it's down. a horror movie. Well, okay. It's. People say it's horror, but there are no. It's horror in the sense that there's no real scares. It's there's just this horror atmosphere. You and know what I mean? But there's a supernatural element yes, to it. Yes. Okay, so that makes it a horror film. I okay, mean, you're right. Because I mean, you know, I do another podcast called the ne- you Necromaniacs. You are an expert, so I, and, I don't. And the reason why is we're thinking about covering that, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I would absolutely, definitely cover it, and you could talk about other witches in the horror genre. Yeah. I just mean. I could even see them calling it like a supernatural thriller. You know how there's that like line. Mm. I'm just being or semantically sci-fi? annoying. Not sci-fi. It's not sci-fi. There's no like because you know there are some. I mean, there. You know, a lot of times you used to go see a horror film, but there's no supernatural element to it. There's right. just like some brutality. Oh no, right. no, no, no. Because I was because yeah. you know knowing being familiar with the story of Salem. Yeah. You know, I know that there was mostly brutality and misogynistic yeah. stuff that went on. Right. And and it was like. that's the question I have, I guess is like, was it just like sort of like a uh, procedural description? No way. But there was a supernatural story. There's some real deal spooky stuff in the woods, you know? So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't even seen it. I I know. I really, really want to see it. Well, it's back in theaters. Can I rent it on iTunes? Probably not yet. That's my favorite way to watch a movie. Yeah, me too. I just, I mean, I enjoy going to the theater, but it's, it's, no, it's hard. It's hard to get out and make a special trip. The worst place, I think, to watch a movie is that uh, Night Owl place, or the hell it's called. Oh, Nighthawk? Nighthawk, Night Night whatever Theater. the fuck it is. Yeah. I try, I've tried to go there one time, and every, every, all the shows were sold out. And then I went like on some Monday night, and it was like no one was there, which was cool. But it was like... I feel in some ways I feel like the people that go there aren't even really fans of film. They're just like, oh, cool. There's a place you can go and drink and get food, and they're playing movies. <laughs> right. You know, it's probably not their intention to have it be that way. Maybe it's just yeah. Williamsburg. Well, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Because I seem, I feel like they do have some good films. No, they great, play there. So. Not only that, but they, the people that own that, really care about film. Yeah, because they had this like really cool, like these like um, custom made sort of like you know, trailers that they shot in the beginning. It's all like different things cut together and it was like really cool and fun and it was like, obviously the people that run this place love movies. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, you got to think of where you're, where you're at, you know? Yeah. You're, you're in a formerly pretty cool area and now it's turned into just like regular, you know, plain Jane motherfuckers. Investment there. bankers. Yeah, li- literally. No offense, I have some investment banker family members, but... <laughs> Yeah. Not anymore. That's true. Not anymore. Yeah. They're dead. No, just kidding. They, just... <laughs> <laughs> We're saying like all they changed careers. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway. <laughs> Interesting. So um, you, for anyone out there who might have missed the first, uh, you know, when we, we talk about Sluttist, like what yes. is that website exactly? Sluttist is a uh, sex positive feminist website, which means that we think, you know, sexual freedom is a big part of personal autonomy and sexual rights are human rights. So it's a lot of focus on the way sexuality um, intersects with, you know, race and class and gender and politics and entertainment. And there's a big witchy wave in there, too. Um, we have columns from all kinds of different 
uh, people focusing on the occult and, you know, practicing alternative spirituality and being a woman in the world and basically a, a mixed bag of all kinds of things. But mostly the writers are artists or self-identified witches or occultists or sex workers or some kind of combination of those types. So that's where we're at. It's three years as of now and hoping to keep on building, maybe do a video show, which is hard, but that's the next goal because people like to watch stuff. It's hard for some people to read. So, um, well, you, you mentioned you were going to be doing a podcast too. We right? were going to do a podcast and then I started thinking I want to do video instead. Because there's so move. many podcasts, I feel like, I know you can always do something. There's a million websites. Why would I make a website then, you know, or bands? But still, I just thought there's something so visual that I want to be having that part of. That's a good move. And you can also take the audio and still do a podcast. There you go. So oh. You can do two, two birds hey. with one stone. I didn't mm -hmm. think of that. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people do that too. That's a great move. That is good. Yeah. 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 Because uh, the thing, you know, also is, uh, a lot of times people listen to podcasts when they're commuting and yeah, yeah. You know, sitting in an office and you know, the video thing is like uh definitely definitely a lot of people watch videos. Yeah. But if you want to download something on your iPod or on your phone and you can just like, you know, a lot of people do that too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I uh I just drove upstate to go look at the Cornell witchcraft collection over the weekend uh -huh. and it was a long drive and I was by myself and I thought, Okay, I'm gonna do my first book on tape or whatever book mp3 i'd yep. never done it before uh -huh. now i'm like why don't i do this all the time what it was amazing was it? <laughs> it was a super cheesy book because i was driving and i had to figure it out with one hand while i was it, driving that's dangerous i know that's very I, I do I not approve this i don't approve that it was an empty road but Wait, still you were trying to queue up the phone to play the i had to pick a book and download it while i was driving oh, because oh. i see okay oh I my god Kristen. i know oh my god am i gonna be arrested <laughs> No, I mean, you, you could kill yourself. You get an accident. I know. That's it, no good. It was an empty road. It was pitch black. That's when it happened. You're on an empty road. <laughs> yeah. Pitch black. You run over a guy. It, in a... It's like in that movie Southbound that we talked. We saw. <laughs> yeah. Or you run over a guy wearing a fucking raincoat. Yeah. And he's got a hook for a hand. So thankful that none of that happened. I always kept one hand on the wheel and held the phone up very high while I and did it. What book was it? It was The Witching Hour by Anne Rice. It's like some 1989, like super. Wow. It's cheese tastic. Um, Anne but Rice, I like it. Great Rice. though. I loved Anne Rice, yeah. like all the Vampire Chronicles. She's a real player. Yeah, I was like bummed when she became super Christian for a while, but oh, then man. she went, yeah, yeah. she renounced that. I think. Good. She was like, yeah, maybe no. She yeah. looks really cool, like back in the day. Yeah, with this like cool hat and everything. She's she's yeah. a badass. I mean, we owe so much of the occult and pop, you know, culture to her. Yeah, obviously. Definitely. So, yeah, I'm gonna. That's a good plan, Mike. I'm going to make a podcast and a video show. Ba-boom. But the thing I'm always thinking about is, I don't know, I, you know, an article, you can always update it, change it. Like, yeah. you, you say something, it's there. Oh, I know that, man. Believe <laughs> what me. Do you, I'm just saying, how yeah. do you deal with that? You just say, fuck it, I don't care? Like, well, I, I, yeah, because like, the thing is, like, sometimes people um, e email me and they're <laughs> just like, well, you know what, dude, actually, this is what, and I'm like, okay, and I just yeah. respond. Okay. And then I might, I might, I haven't ever addressed it again. But yeah. The pot, there, if you're, I mean, it depends on like what you're doing. Yeah. Like if you're having guests and you're interviewing them. Yeah. You know, maybe like the next episode, you'd be like, oh, by the way. Yeah. There's ways of doing you're it. You're right. You, know, you can say I was wrong about this one thing. And thanks to so-and-so. That's a good for, point. For letting me know. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, I, I haven't done that, but that's something that I would do. You I know? mean, we're all human. I mean, yeah. but sometimes on the internet, people assume you're not human and you should be perfect. And if you say something wrong, you're a horrible person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, believe me. <laughs> Absolutely. I know that. You know oh, yeah. I, mean. I can read you some, some comments <gasps> I've gotten. Oh, whoa. Um, it's really funny. <laughs> Like because like in my in the Necro podcast, oh yeah, I talked about how I don't like Rob Zombie. Oh, right? uh oh, and um, I don't. I and I'll tell you why I don't like Rob Zombie because his brother actually made a very good series called Death Valley, mm-hmm. and it disappeared, and it was never seen from again. Hmm. It, one season came out, mm-hmm. yet Rob Zombie continues to be have money to make these shitty movies that. And his brother is the one who actually should be getting this money. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, so some guy like referred to me. You know, he, he emailed me or Facebook messaged me. I'm trying to find the message here. <laughs> you know how there's like the ones. Sometimes you have to accept a message oh. if it's someone that's not your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I can't find it on my oh, phone. Oh, yeah, it's probably only on the computer. You have to go yeah. into the actually. All. Let me let me uh, the, you guys talk among yeah. yourselves while I find this because it's funny. What is but it? even on Twitter, Twitter I've gotten like, oh, yeah. especially when we're on tour, I always get it like. Hate tweets from people. What do they just say? Your band sucks or something? Yeah, you know, they're like, fucking, you know, you're a self important asshole. I read this interview with you and you think you're fucking this and that. That's so weird. I don't give a fuck, man. It's like, hey, you go, this is, this is all I got, Jack. This is like the one go around you got to do your life. Yeah. You know, before you get shattered into an infinite number of pieces and dispersed among the cosmos. So it's like, you know, this is what I do. Yeah. If If you like it, that's fantastic. If you don't like it, that's also fantastic. That's a beautiful philosophy, and I need to take that, you know, to heart sometimes. Because either you do you, or you don't get to do anything. Yeah, so many people that's true. Really are, are wrapped up in what other people think of them. Yes, yes. You know? Yeah. You'll never make it to the player's ball if you just, you know, <laughs> care about what everybody thinks about you. I've been to six times. <laughs> yeah. See you all. Nice. But anyway, this guy, like, you know, just because I didn't like Rob Zombie, he was was telling me, you know, I'm like a douchebag and, you know, whatever, and I'm wrong. Weird. And I'm just like, hey, man, I never said I was right. I just said (laughs) I don't like the motherfucker, you know? It's a matter of opinion. I don't like his music. I don't like his films. That's, you know, we live in a free society to have your own opinion. We absolutely Mm. do. You know, I didn't say that, hey, you know, everyone out there likes (laughs) Rob Zombie should fucking jump off a roof, you know? Yeah, unfortunately, so many feminists and, you know, women online get such horrible comments that are just like that, you well, know? Well, but, but the reality is, like, I'm talking shit about nothing that matters at all. Yeah. Like, but the things that you're talking about actually make, you know, impact people, you know? I'm not, I'm not impacting anyone, really, <laughs> you know? Like, I, I just, you know, like, this is, like, stuff that, like, you know, feminism and, and that's, like, a heavy topic, really. Yeah, I mean, I have so much respect for the people who are on the front lines protesting and all the, you know, Black Lives Matter protesters yeah. and what they've gone through over the past couple of years and mm-hmm. what they've done at Trump rallies. Like, so much respect. That is, they deserve, you know, everyone's ear uh, because that is like the most vital issue we I think we have right now. Yeah. Well, primaries are coming up on Tuesday. I know. So, um, you know, what, what are your, what's your stance on all this stuff here? Yeah, well, uh, I think I'm going to vote for Ted Cruz now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Bernie, yeah. for sure. Um, I feel like there's just so much dead weight around Hillary. I I feel bad and I feel compassion that she has to be taken down by so many of her husband's choices. Yeah. But I think a lot of them were her choices. I feel like she's doing her best to change maybe now, but maybe right. too little too late. I yeah. mean, I don't know if Bernie can really... I don't know if he'll make it. I don't know. Oh, man. I, 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 I would... I talk to all kinds of different folks about it and everyone has a different opinion and like, I'm not going to be brokenhearted if Hillary is our president. Like, I also think, maybe this is cynical, but there's been so many corrupt politicians over the, you know, the history of the United States. If you think she's corrupt and she's the president, it's just one more corrupt person. Yeah. And also, as as something, someone who's like a little older than a lot of the like young people that are super crazy Bernie people, I think Barack Obama was like the most ethical president ever, probably. And he's such like a good, decent guy. There's no dirt on Barack Obama. There's no like mm-hmm. cheating scandal that yeah. we know of. You know, yeah. I mean, so the, you know, some people. I mean, didn't didn't Barack like smoke weed or something like that? And that was but like, he admitted it in <laughs> yeah. his book or something. You no, know, I'm, I mean, I don't give a shit. Yeah, about that. no, I know you Why don't care that about like, that. Yeah, it's so stupid. But I just mean, I think I people... want a president that smokes weed. I wish we had a president who's like, I smoke weed, I take acid, I've like taken DMT, I've like drank ayahuasca, like that'd be great. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know why there's a problem. The president should be like very spiritually advanced. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, obviously, religion plays a huge role in politics. Well, Bernie's an atheist, right? Even though he's culturally Jewish, isn't he an atheist? I believe, yeah, I believe he is. That's, yeah. just more. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, I don't identify as an atheist. My dad does, but, um. I, I think that there's a lot of good stuff that comes with that sometimes. So yeah, yeah. Um, who knows what's gonna happen? I just, you know, no Trump, please. No Cruz, please. They're both Man, horrible, horrible. It, it's it's like uh, you know that there's that movie uh, that uh, Mike Judge made several years ago about the future. It takes oh, place in the yeah. future. Uh, Idiocracy. Oh yeah. Where like this like roided up like pro wrestler is actually the president of the United States. Right. You know, and at the time I'm like, ha, this is really funny. But you know what, man? Maybe in like fifty years that's what we're looking at. We're like in this like uh post apocalyptic wasteland, you know, some like road warrior shit and like a guy with like shoulder plate shoulder pads and like, you know, on steroids is actually our president. You oh know? my god. Like Ex pro wrestler. <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. I mean yeah. I really think those articles like we get what we deserve as America are interesting because yeah. Trump is a representation of what the Republican Party has been saying for decades. <laughs> that's that's the you can hear the kitty over there like playing with the whatever. She loves that bag. It's adorable. So it's not like it's coming out of nowhere. People that are really surprised, like, come on, like, have you heard what the rhetoric has been? Really, like, so. Yeah, it's sad, man. And um, I mean, I, I I'm a Bernie supporter. Uh, but also, my my thing is like if he becomes president, that dude's gotta like start like doing CrossFit or go on so H- HGH or something like that. Yeah, because he's got to deal with guys like Vladimir Putin, you know. And, yeah. And, and the, in the uh, you know the global world of uh, of of things, you know, not just like this, you know, the United States right. and the social issues and all this other stuff. That is one thing where we know Hillary has way more experience. Yeah. So I I mean she. He, Bernie has not done nearly what Hillary has in her no. career. So there's no question about that. So it's hard, like, just because I 
believe in, you know, more socialist policies, do I just vote for Bernie on that? And obviously he has way better record and on uh, like racial issues. Yeah. <laughs> right. But as far as gender, I mean, I don't think Hillary's going to push back, you know, women's rights or anything like she'll yeah. do a lot for that not that bernie wouldn't either i think bernie would too he will too yeah. but i just mean you know i get it people are like oh i just want a woman president but i'm like well i do too but i want it to be the right one yeah, yeah. but then well, again maybe yeah. it doesn't i mean that's not how it goes maybe it's just like you need to get any woman in there and then it'll be more even i don't know i don't know how other countries are so far ahead of us and having female heads of state and worse once again the danes man yeah, right? Yeah, Scandinavia. Yeah. And uh, Germany, too. Running right. music festivals, running countries. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting when you, when you think about, you know, you mentioned any, like, socialist programs or anything like that. People get really, really skittish. Well, they have socialism in this country as it is. There's uh, welfare is a socialist idea. Like, the whole, there's, like... Medicaid. Or, right. Medicaid. There's already socialism in the United States. Yeah, but it's so frowned upon. You know, people that right. accept it are, you know, dirt. Even um, though, it's like, and it's like a racial thing, even though the majority are white and people still don't believe that, that like right. the most people who have like food stamps and like housing and Medicaid are white. But, so, but that's just statistics because, the th- I mean, I'm not saying that's just a, a statistic, but I mean, like if you look at it statistically, since blacks and people of color are a minority in this country, so it stands to reason that most people on welfare will be white. Because of just the, yes, the breakdown yes, that, of the percentages of who's what. Right, right, right. You know, like the raw number of people versus like, you know. I, I, I mean, people, you know, people need to like apply some sort of logic before they, you know, have these gut reactions to things. Well, that's the point. I think it's the anti-intellectualism and anti-knowledge. There's no culture of like learning and checking facts and... Yeah. You know, exploring ideas that maybe you disagree with, but just because you should, you know? Like, why does one segment of the population only watch Fox News and that's it? Yeah. Like, why not try? I watch Fox News sometimes. I like to listen to all different kinds of perspectives, even if they make me vomit. I still want to listen. But that's not encouraged in our country and our education system sucks. So what do you what do you expect? (laughs) Hey, it's hyper capitalism at work. Yeah. So I don't know. Get. Get high and party. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's or no work really hard to change things. I don't know. I just... <laughs> I always like what Harry Parch said. He said he was kind of relieved when the Great Depression rolled around because it meant he can just like get drunk all day and just write his wacky music and not feel bad about not working because no one was working. <laughs> it's like anti-establishment. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So that should be interesting. To how the primaries turn out on Tuesday. I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Trump is a really scary concept, man. Yes. I think he's going to get assassinated if he wins. Like, if he becomes our president, I think someone's going to kill him. You think? Oh, yeah. That would be crazy. I'm not going to, like, say I condone that, but it would be something. Or he could could slip (laughs) on a banana peel. Yeah, how about it? Yeah, it was in cartoon terms. (laughs) A piano falls from An anvil will fall on him. Yeah, he's hit with an anvil. (laughs) I'm all for that. Or maybe he goes hunting with Dick Cheney and doesn't come back. You know? There you go. It's like these are these are real possibilities. Oh my god, it's disgusting. You know, my brother was on The Apprentice. Really? So he has close contact with Trump for a while, and uh, you know, he said that he is as gross as you think he is. 
Yeah, that's pretty pretty bad then. I mean, hasn't the guy been bankrupt like six times or something like that? Well, well, that's the problem. Everyone is like, oh, he's a great businessman. No, he's not. Like, he was given everything. Yes. So when you have everything, like financially, like you can afford to fail many times yeah. and go bankrupt and lose oh, yeah. your businesses. But no yeah. one, no one's, everyone's ignoring that. Right. They just see this guy, he's a big mouth. You know, he's got his name on a bunch of things all over the city. And that's know? interesting too, believe it or not. He doesn't actually own. Oh, I was just going to get things. into that. Is that he doesn't actually own a lot of these buildings and these places where you see his name. Yeah, they're you know. investors and land developers that set it up yeah. and just use his name. Russian billionaires. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he actually doesn't have that much money. I mean, he has. Don't get me wrong. Right. I, mean, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's killing it compared got, to us. But he's <laughs> got yeah. a lot, a lot of money. But there's a lot of speculation about how much he's actually worth. Which well, is, yeah, he always gets upset when he's, like, not on the billionaire list or something, right? Yeah, he's technically not. Or, like, when they think. undersell whatever number. I don't know. I mean, it seems like you're probably going to get a handwritten note because you know how how yeah. <laughs> he gets so upset over people saying the tiniest of things about him. That's the thing that's so silly. People think he's strong, but he's also he's so thin-skinned, obviously. Oh, he's a total wimp. That's exactly how I see it, too, man. It's like if you if your ego is so big and fragile that these little quips – really matter to you right like you're telling people in a debate that your penis is big like are you serious See, this is what i think i think that there's such a now there's such a lowbrow vibe to these debates like i feel like the 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 person who's who's hosting the debate should like shut his mic off when he says something like that like you shouldn't be able to speak like i i teach and if i have a, a student that says something that's completely out of bounds i you know literally will just you know like take them down and be all right listen don't talk for a few minutes relax you know (laughs) it's like they should turn his mic off but then when you're ready to speak in a in a professional manner or a cordial manner you should then you know you turn your mic back on you could talk that's true but then you know when he doesn't show up at debates and the media is almost his slave that's the messed up part well he knows that too yeah the apprentice was him just you know, like burning people at the stake and everybody loved it. It's reality TV is what it is. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he's playing the ultimate character. Somebody probably just, you know, hipped him to that idea. Like, hey, if you act completely... Like, look at Charlie Sheen. Look at how much press Charlie Sheen got. And he was just like renting motel rooms and smoking crack. I mean, you know... Now he has HIV. Poor guy. But I mean, you know, media (laughs) loves that. You know, the country loves that. Yeah. Country loves to watch people fall apart. Yeah, and then come back and like... Like a redemption story yeah, in some yeah, odd way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love it's like you say something racist, then you go to rehab. It's like I learned not to be so horrible. <laughs> yeah, like in Paula rehab. Dean, you know, it's like right, whole right. country hated right. her, and now she's like back at it. You know, it's crazy. Doing what, whatever she does, Making deep frying fucking Twinkies like, or some shit. <laughs> wow, I never thought we'd get to Paula Dean on the podcast, but you never know. Oh, how could hey, we not? I mean. <laughs> So that's awesome, man. So, uh, you know, have you started writing this book? I have. My first draft is due in August. Oh, wow. So, so this is like a real deal. Like, you're on uh, a schedule. And I know. Like you get, you know, editors and stuff. I imagined I would have, like, years if I ever wrote a book. But nope. They want it out. It's a timely topic because The Witch is so much yeah. in pop culture right now. Sure. It's like a real rebirth. And so, yeah, August is my first draft. And then they want to have it out by March, April next year. Wow. So then I'll be, this time next year, I'll be on a book tour. Nice. 
which will probably be just me and my car driving around. <laughs> we like, team up, do like a tombs. Like, we can open for you. We can be like an opening band. <laughs> That'd be just, awesome, man. You play this awesome, like wickedly loud set, and then I get up and just like read from a book. Yeah. <laughs> it should be great. the other way around. We'll like sell your books at our merch booth, you know? <laughs> we get to keep the money, though. We need oh, a percentage, okay. you know? Yeah. Okay. We get a taste. That's fair. Get the wet our beak, you know. Yeah. I mean, I just want to know who does your graphic design because I love that Dark Deceiver roast like image. Oh, that oh on the coffee. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh wow, we're talking about coffee. We have a whole. Oh. It's all these boxes. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, you know, uh, Holy Mountain Printing, oh. the guys who do our merch. Cool. They one of one of Danny's artists came up with that. It's really badass. They're uh, Holy Mountain's doing. We're doing a package thing where they do a T-shirt and a coffee. I saw that. And I'm just selling the coffee. Got it, got so, it. So yeah, that looks great, doesn't it? It's pretty it's cool. badass. I'm trying to think, like, I need an image for the cover. Like, the cover matters, man. So I'm really thinking now, like, what do I... You know, honestly, you know, this is an interesting idea because, um, you know, contact Val Noir, the guy who did the uh, the tombs, All Empires, you know, Fall. I'm sure that he would, you know, I mean, obviously you have to pay him, you know? Oh, well, yeah. There'll be, I mean, <laughs> your, your publisher will have to pay yeah, him or whatever, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. but he probably would be very interested in something mm. like this. Because he's into the occult. And yeah. I, I wanted to be like, oh, it has to be a female artist. But, you know, it should be the best artist. Because that's true gender neutrality. Yeah. The, the image I like the best. But Because um, the guy who does the... The person who does the posters for Legacy of the Witch is a man. But oh, he's like an awesome artist I want to support. And I love his work. So I'm like, you know. It's all women really performing. But so there's one artist that's a dude. I don't discriminate based on Huff gender. Not a, not a woman. <laughs> I know. There's a, there's a few dudes thrown there's in there. He has long hair, though. It's fine. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, anyway. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that's a, a concept. I mean, there's like uh, also there, there there's there's I'm trying, you know, it's, I'm embarrassed that I actually can't think of any women that I've worked with on uh, the, art, the art side of things. Oh, well, I mean, my logo is designed by Carlin Holland. So there's one person. I mean. Justina Villanueva did my whole website. Oh, so. she's but she's a photographer. Yeah, she's a photographer. I know her. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. doing the uh, photography for the show. She did last year. She's great. Um, there's a bazillion awesome artists, but yeah. just figuring out the right image for a book, man. Well, I mean, you know, figure out the uh, the aesthetic you want, yeah, and yeah. then just go for it. Because I mean, that's why Val Noir came up. Because I think that you know, it's uh, like his his vision is very uh, strong. Yeah. You know? So I think that, you know, it'd be cool to work with him. But, you know, whatever. And I love the cover of your record with the pearls. And that's Val Noir. Well, yeah, yeah I might have to contact this, yeah. this person. Hmm. Yeah. I'm stealing all tombs, like visual stuff. <laughs> 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 um, well, you know, Val Noir has done a ton of stuff with other, I mean, you know, like Blue Douse Nord. Oh, and, wow, cool. You know, Merrimack, um, Black Anvil record. Nice. You know, I mean, we met him through Paul and those guys when oh, okay. we were over in Europe, like a couple of years last year. And, uh, you know, he's he's a good guy. He's, a, you know, very professional. Cool. You know, when you give him a deadline, he has it done by that time. Good to know. Well, the only thing I can, the only thing, you can't tell him what to do. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's yeah. like, won't. You get you, what you get. Yeah. Get what you get. Yeah. That's, so that might be that a might problem. be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think as far as yeah, what I'm wanna want yeah. to do it might have to be like a collaboration where yep. i say oh this go. not that so yeah so you might want to work more with like a designer type yeah person. yeah yeah because yeah. i have good ideas i just can't execute them yeah. i do not you know put pen to paper like that but 
as you know, the cover of like a record is so important. Same thing with a book. How many exactly. times do you pick up something just because it looks cool? I mean, yeah, I gotta be honest with you, man. I haven't bought a book in a bookstore in a really long time. I buy everything from Amazon pretty much. Pretty much, but me too. sometimes uh, City Lights, that old bookstore mm-hmm. in San Francisco, yep. I went recently because um, my dad has a, a place there, and I picked up. I just went in because I'm like, ooh, bookstore. But otherwise, yeah. I don't go to bookstores either. Yeah, I know there's there's one here in Greenpoint. Oh, Word. It's called Word. I've been to Word. I've been to but Word. there's nothing in there I want to buy. I have to order stuff from them. I so went... why the fuck should I just go on Amazon? <laughs> I went to Talks at Word. Yeah, now I feel bad. Like, yikes, I better start patronizing bookstores because I want to be sold in bookstores. So. Yeah. I go to Blue Stockings. It's the feminist, radical anarchist books, bookstore. So Where's cool. that at? Where's That's that on um, Allen Street in Manhattan. Okay. They have all kinds of zines and weird stuff. Oh. They're cool. But yeah. I feel a little alienated from with feminism, you know? I can understand yeah. that. You know, just just to be honest about that. Sure. You know. That is an honest, you know, feeling. I think a lot of people have women included. There's a lot of people that think it's just for a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of misinformation about what it is and what it means. And there's been, I mean, I almost have to say it's like feminisms because there's so many different right, exactly. ways to understand. I mean, there are different ideologies, right? There's radical separatists who will say like, sure. Men are the devil. Like, sure. And Hey, you know, I can see where that comes from. But you know, I can <laughs> respect like why people would feel that. Yeah. Way. I mean, you know, I know that everyone's got different experiences in life. You know. Yeah. I, I respect them all, but I certainly don't fall in that you know that edge of the spectrum and then there's a lot of you know uh, feminists who are anti-porn and anti you know sexual expression in certain way like anti-sex work they mm-hmm. think it's all trafficking it's all like women are just victims of patriarchy if you want to sell your body as if your physical body is somehow like your sexuality is all you have that's sacred it's kind of a weird spin on things it's like in a way it like makes it like, if that's so sacred and you shouldn't do anything with it except for with, like, a loving partner, then, like, you're saying the most important thing you have is, like, your sexuality? That's weird. It is weird. And it also is contrary to, like, what I believe to be human nature, really. Me too. You know? Because, I mean, that's, like, a very Christian, like, you know, monotheistic way of looking at things. Yeah. Like, that's an, an industrial society way of looking at things. As yes. opposed to, like, the hunter-gatherer way of doing things. Yeah, I mean, I get that in capitalism everything can be bought and sold and, like, sometimes you don't want to, like, be selling, you know, yourself as a commodity, but then sometimes isn't that easier and better than some of the other stuff you could be doing to make money? I definitely think so. Like being an investment banker. Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. Exactly. You know, dealing with, like, abstractions and stuff that doesn't exist, like money. (laughs) And screwing people out of... Screwing people over, yeah. Yeah, like making people homeless, like, okay... So, yeah, I think feminism is so many things today and it's just about finding like where you feel comfortable and I know my feminism is definitely not someone else's. People hate the word slut. People think my site is ridiculous. <laughs> so that's fine. You know, it's my jam. I I just wasn't a, feminism didn't appeal to me when I was much younger because I thought, "Oh, I want to like do all these sexual things and dress like this and act like this and a lot of people said, oh, that's because you don't respect yourself. You can't be a feminist. And I'm like, no. Um, I think sexual freedom is part of being a feminist. So, you know, however it works for you. And I'm I'm willing to have the debates with people that say using the word slut is dangerous and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think any word 
shouldn't just be in the hands of the oppressors, quote unquote. I think you should be able to use the words that have been thrown at you, you know, plenty of words that have been reclaimed. Yeah. So I'm a slut and I'm proud of it. (laughs) And that's what this site is about. I mean, there's plenty of people who write for the site that don't call themselves sluts or like the word. It's also an ironic take on it, you know, so I think feminism can have a lot of humor. I know that's not stereotypical. People think like feminism is like humorless and like uptight and stuff. And I think it can be uptight. I mean, because, you know, there's a lot of shit you have to deal with. So sometimes it can piss you off when, like, someone just, some dude just says some thing on the street, you know, and they just think they're being, like, nice to brighten your day and you want to, like, axe them in the face. But that's only because of your, you know, what you've had to deal with. So, What is, like, in, in general, like, the male interaction with feminism, do you think? I mean, like, what, I mean, because I, for me personally, I feel like it's like, you know, it's for women. Yeah. Like, do you find, is that something of viewpoint you hold as well? Well, no, I feel like it's changed a lot. In the beginning, it was very much, this is women fighting together with other women for equality. Right. But now I think it's really branched out, especially in like the fourth wave, quote unquote, that we say we're in now. Some people say it's still the third wave, whatever. But I think we realizing that sexist oppression is based on like, these gender stereotypes that hurt everybody. Right. So I think there are more and more men who understand that feminism isn't just about like female power. I mean, that's like a goal obviously and female independence and autonomy, but it's also like seeing all these mechanisms behind gender and gender roles that hurt everybody. So I think I see more and more like male writers and who are vocal about, and there always have been, but I think more and more younger men seem cool with just like in my class like right. there's a 19 year old guy who uh-huh. just would raise his hand and be like oh yeah yesterday my friend was slut shaming a girl and you know because she went out with like two guys in one week and i said like leave her the fuck alone like y- you do that why would sure. you give her a hard time you know stuff like that it was- but i mean like as far as men identifying themselves as feminists is that something you've encountered well i think some do if you ask but as far as super vocal uh straight like cisgender male feminists are more hard to come by, I think, as far as them shouting it out. I think if you ask them, yes. I mean, there's a lot of male celebrities now that are coming out like that, but it's so trendy. It's hard to know. Like, I mean, I guess there are some, I don't know. I mean, they're there obviously, but they're not the loudest voices, but they shouldn't be. So maybe it's like, they're just like, I don't want to be too in everyone's face. Cause it's like women that need to be talking right now. You know, Yeah. yeah, I think it's like, for like racial issues, it's like pass the mic. Like I don't need to, you know, tell everyone my thoughts on like racism. It's like I can elevate the voices of others who are people of color or something that their voices should be heard. You know, like yeah. it's not always. And since men have, you know, proportionately more time to talk, usually maybe it's these male feminists are just like pushing the other, you know, female feminists to the forefront. I'd like to think that. But then there's also like guys who identify as feminists just to like get in your pants or something. Well, that's how I always feel like because I, I mean I, I I just I'm a humanist man like I'm just into people doing their thing yeah you know and I don't want to suppress anybody. Um, I mean that's probably a word that doesn't exist really except in my own little vocabulary. But uh, I always imagine because I think that in in general people misunderstand me and I think in particular women misunderstand mm. me. So for to be like I'm a feminist, it's like. That guy just wants to get laid, and that's why he's saying that. So totally. that's why I'm, like, very, very careful about the words that I use to yeah. describe my feelings about these things. I think that's totally fair. If it doesn't appeal to you, this 
it's the word that's the problem. It's not all the facts behind it, all the information or yeah. the ideas. The ideology doesn't bother you. It's just no, I, the. Uh, I mean, I, I support all. You're that down stuff. with it, yeah. yeah. Down with it, you know. So, I think, yeah, there is definitely some backlash. So maybe that's why there aren't too many loud and proud, like straight, you yeah. know, male feminists because some of them do get a bad rap yeah. because they are creepy. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I, a lot of times someone that's really loudly proclaiming themselves as something, there's something like wrong maybe there. Yeah, I can see Like that. about anything really in a way. Yeah. It's like the person shouting the loudest, you're like, hmm. hmm. I'm creepy, but just in a different way maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never really dated or had sex. Well, I mean, I don't know. I didn't ask everybody. I don't like ask that question, but I don't really have a lot of experience with like quote unquote male feminists, you yeah. know? So I don't, I don't know, but maybe it's awesome. Maybe it's just like they understand all the things in your head. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's so that, that that's a woman. Ma- that sounds manipulative, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean. To understand all the things in your head, man. That's like some creep. <laughs> that's some like sting. I'll be watching you style shit. Right? Ooh. Yeah. That's like, you know that song about that police song? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a creepy. stalking It's a stalker. Song. It's like the fucking creepiest song you I've know, ever heard. So many people pick that song or picked that song Sting said as to be their wedding song and he's like it's not what it's Ew. about also like, give me some fucking space yeah exactly like the best relationships are ones where you don't see each other that much right I mean yeah that's what Dolly Parton says I think everybody says that eventually I know Iggy Pop lives in a different house like he has a like special man cave house I think that's that's that's, that's definitely crucial crucial, yeah. crucial. Yeah. We're at we're we're looking for the the second apartment, like creative space. Yeah, you know that's cool. Venue. Yeah, it's you know. Yeah, I love that man. I mean, I I haven't I've only had one live in, you know, uh, partner whatever you want to refer to it. We had a big discussion about what, oh yeah <laughs> about how to refer to the you know our <laughs> our significant other is like oh you know the husband right. wife you know and um but uh I'm someone that needs their space man you know. I need to like watch horror movies like for you know a full night. Yeah, you know, or, in silence. <laughs> yeah, or a yeah. place to go and like you know like bang out some pull ups or something like that. You know, yeah, just be away from everyone. You know, right, right. And it also creatively speaking, like you don't know when creativity is going to hit. You could be in the middle of like watching a movie with your quote unquote partner, and like you're not just going to get up and turn logic on just start like fucking cold hard laying down tracks cold <laughs> you're like oh, i gotta do this like right now so it's you know and it's you can't coax that unfortunately yeah. you can't you know so when you're feeling inspired and creative it's nice to have a place where it's like you know, keith richards has his own you know place away mansions yeah, yeah like his own his... where he goes and just writes riffs like that's yeah. just what he does i mean sure the rolling his... stones had yeah. that house where they were kind of all in and out a little bit but yeah well that's you know that Getting back to New York, property here is so expensive. Like, if it was, you know, in LA it's expensive too, especially like Silver Lake, even Koreatown now, some of the outskirts. Not but, as bad as here, though. You know, I feel like... You get like, more bang for your buck out in LA. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what I think is, you know, it's really hard in New York to pull that off. Have like two separate spaces. Yeah. I mean, people sort of even live together in New York between. for money. Like, I've moved in with people because it was like, well, it's cheaper. Let's just do it. And it was not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, you see a lot of that in New York. And then you're stuck. Like, I lived with this dude for a year after we broke up. Wow. It was brutal. 
terrible. I can imagine. And then I dated this other person who had just broken up with his girlfriend, and so we had to like have sex in the stairwell in our apartments because she he used to live with her. It was like, oh, New York. I mean, not so bad. Sex in the stairwell, pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty great. You know, it's in the end. He moved in with me. It was the worst. See, we should have just stayed like that. You know? Yeah. Lesson dumpster, learned. Dumpster sex is never. You know, as bad as you think it's gonna be. No, it's it's never uh, that which you can base a relationship upon. Oh know? right, sex in a hallway. Just yeah, gotta be dumpster sex is right. It is. You, got, you can't lock down all the stuff. Sometimes like, sometimes I'll have a great experience, even just with food, and like you can't have it again. Sometimes you should just appreciate that you had one thing and that's it. Like I why agree. we gotta like lock things down and do it over and over, like. You know? It's capitalism, man. It is. It is. The system, man. It yeah. is. Man. It's a system that makes you want to own things. Like seeing a show. Like, I saw a great show, not just see the band again. How about just enjoy the show you saw, fool? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, live in the moment, enjoy what you got. Like, you're not going to keep getting more, you know? Yeah. That's the hum of society. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, um, how can uh, people get in touch with you to find out about all this great stuff that's happening you have an instagram yeah sext me at 917 (laughs) 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 i've never gotten a dick pic i don't believe that for one second multiple not yours they don't because i I was gonna say i know this fucking guy (laughs) (laughs) i spend like mike's even got a couple okay wait 30 days at a time okay wait i just tell you okay real quick i gotta tell the story (laughs) we go down to visit uh his parents (laughs) <laughs> and I was he, almost going to send takes you this, this picture too. But my parents, to my parents, <laughs> my, my mom and stepdad live near him, where his mom and dad live. So we were like 20 minutes apart, but I'm like hanging with my mom. He's with his parents. And he sends me this picture with his like cock out and he's wearing like a brown fur coat. That's like his mom's coat, like down to the floor. And then he, I was like, how did you take that? Because it's like a full body. And he wrote, my mom took it. Whoa. And yeah. so... I just had this moment where, A, I was like, whoa, A, I'm so prude, I guess, because I, it just gave me the willies. <laughs> and then then I was like, well, maybe it's okay. Maybe they're Italian. Like, I don't know. His parents are What weird. is that supposed to mean? <laughs> maybe they're Italian? <laughs> his parents are Italian. I don't know. They, they're different. Like, <laughs> different. Like, sexuality in his country. Like, he used to grow up and have sex, like, and his girlfriends would, or whoever it was would leave, like, in front of the, you know, house in the morning, and his dad would be like, oh, you had a nice visitor. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this guy grew sure up in, did. like, a... Uh, like a whorehouse. So, and he was the whore. Um, but anyway, so then it turns out he was just joking. His mom did not take the picture. But I believed him for like a day and it was gnawing at me. Like, wow, your mom takes nude pictures of you? I could just imagine her like giggling while she was like looking at your dick. Like, yeah, I just, totally. <laughs> it blew my mind. Anyway, if you want to hear more stuff like that, go to www.sluttist.com. That's S L U T I S T. Slut us on Instagram. Slut us on Twitter. Send me, you know, naked photos. I don't know. Send me your thoughts about things. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and come to the festival. April 23rd, St. Vitus. Tickets are still available, but not for long. That's right. It's going to sell out soon. And uh, me and Charlie will be there. Oh, yeah. So if any, you, know, you guys want to come and hang out, Charlie, a couple, you can get a couple beers on Charlie. He's got a tab there. So Yeah, running tab. Just running tab. Know, hit me up. I'll be wearing my fur coat, nothing underneath. <laughs> I got a gig as a professional flasher, so I'm going to be flashing people that night. His mom included. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for coming out tonight. Thank you, Mike. Always entertaining. Yeah, well, thanks <laughs> for having us. Uh, oh, wow.
trying to figure out like where you're at like yeah. what your trip is and you just say things like oh we're partners yeah yeah because it's like it's more serious or something you know we're rebelling against the uh system our parents brought right up well i guess also older friends who date they're like i gotta say man friend or lady friend because they say girlfriend boyfriend doesn't sound you know i don't say anything at all 